0: Hey guys, welcome back to Sunday Scriptures from All Saints Catholic Church, uh, where each week our ministry team goes through the upcoming Sunday readings. We're looking at the fourth Sunday of Lent. Uh, Be sure to go ahead, subscribe on your podcast platform, like, share, do all those fun things for us, and we're going to go ahead and dive right in. So our readings can be found at usccv.org
1: if you look at uh, daily readings on the top of the page, and we're again looking at the fourth Sunday in ordinary time. So their for, our first reading is from Second Chronicles 36. In those days, all the princes of Judah, the priests and the people, added infidelity to infidelity, practicing all the abominations of the nations, and polluting the Lord's temple, which He had consecrated in Jerusalem. Early and often did the Lord, the God of their fathers, send His messengers to them, for He had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised His warnings, and scoffed at his prophets, until the anger of the Lord against his people was so inflamed that there was no remedy. Their enemies burnt the house of God, tore down the walls of Jerusalem, set all its palaces afire, and destroyed all its precious objects. Those who escaped the sword were carried captive to Babylon, where they became servants of the king of the Chaldeans and his sons, until the kingdom of the Persians came to power. All this was to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. Until the land has retrieved its lost Sabbaths, during all the time it lays waste, it shall have rest while seventy years are fulfilled. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord inspired King Cyrus of Persia to issue this proclamation throughout his kingdom, both by word of mouth and in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given to me, And he has also charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever, therefore, among you belongs to any part of his people, let him go up, and may his God be with him.
2: And our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 137. Let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget you. By the streams of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. On the aspens of the land we hung up our harps. Let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget you. For there are captors asked of us, the lyrics of our songs, and our despoilers urged us to be joyous. Sing for us the songs of Zion. Let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget you. How could we sing a song of the Lord in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand be forgotten. Let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget you. May my tongue cleave to my palate, if I remember you not, if I place not Jerusalem ahead of my joy. Let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget
3: thee. Our second reading is from the second chapter of Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love he had for us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, brought us to life with Christ. By grace you have been saved, raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you, it is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one may boast. For we are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them.
0: And our gospel comes from the gospel of John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, it does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed, but whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. So go ahead and pause here and take a minute to
1: reflect, either by yourself or with those around you on those readings. Uh, Think about whatever was interesting, whatever stuck out, what questions you have. Uh, Take a moment to pray with those. We've already had a chance to do that, so we're going to
0: go ahead and go right into our reflections. So I, I can't think of the guy's name. There's a guy who made the, um, the John 316 poster famous like at all the football games. So I remember growing up as a kid uh, we would always watch uh, NFL football games on Sunday me and my dad. And there was always this guy that was in the stands wearing like the big clown wig holding up the sign that said John 316. And I could never figure out what that was from because, you know, my family, we didn't grow up going to church or anything. And so I was always like Maybe he's sending a message to my dad that at 3.16 something's going to happen every Sunday because my dad's name is John. And so I waited every Sunday and nothing ever happened. Very naive, kind of stupid. I know. But it always stood out to me. Like it's something that's memorable. You know, this is the football verse to my generation, my age of people, because this is what we saw at all the football games. Before... We had, like, the college football players who, when they have on the the, uh, eye black that put, like, you know, Philippians 4.13 or whatever it is, this was the guy that did that, right? The the great evangelist um, of football games. Uh, So this was one of the first passages that I remember looking up when I stopped trying to, like, read the Bible cover to cover, Um, not the way that it's intended, Uh, but... I I remember thinking to myself, like, what this is what this means. And I remember reading this line of, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. Um, And I didn't understand it. I, I, I struggled to really grasp what was happening. And it really wasn't until I was even a little bit more mature in the faith, a little bit more exposed to what the church teaches about different things that i really started to understand this and even then it it didn't come to light as much as it did within the last year or so and i think I've, I've, i know i've talked about this a lot with everything else but the, the show the chosen this is my absolute favorite scene in season one i think i've like reached out to jonathan Rumi and dallas jenkins the you know, the guy who plays jesus and the, the guy who Is behind the whole thing and told them like how much this scene impacted me. Like, I I could probably watch this scene over and over again that Nicodemus goes to Jesus in the darkness of night because he's unsure and he doesn't want people to know that he's there. But Nicodemus is also the person that I think prefers to be in the darkness rather than to be in the light. And what I mean by that is that he wasn't really prepared for the fullness of truth Um, and you can kind of see that as you watch the show and I I think it's such a beautiful image Um, if you haven't seen the chosen and maybe you don't want to watch the chosen because you're worried that it's just like another cheesy uh, Jesus show then YouTube this scene between Jesus and Nicodemus to see how powerful their interaction is for someone who clearly believes and fears God in Nicodemus but is not ready to receive the message of the Messiah in Jesus and to watch the emotion that happens once he starts to recognize the light that is that he is sitting in the presence of. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, and I think it does such a good job. I know for me, I'm much more of a visual learner. Um, and so I I, I really like the idea of like a, a Visio divina versus a lectio divina sometimes. Um So obviously you can't see this in a podcast, so pause right here, watch that video, come back. Uh, We'll still be here.
3: I think that line from the Gospel is one of my favorites, talking about uh, the light and the darkness. It specifically says, and this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. Um, and I think it's recognizing that dark, the being in the darkness, like you said, is almost easier sometimes. Um, but the light and the darkness can't coexist. Um, and so, seeing like a you know, if you have a candle and I guess maybe people in Dallas have experienced recently of not having electricity. Um, You light a candle and it's gonna light up the whole room. And like as much as you try to block out the light, like any bit of light is going to um, overrule the darkness. Which as much as we try to hide from the truth and like move away from it, it's gonna prevail. Um, And Jesus is gonna prevail. And so, like, even during the Lenten season, where I think we often try to move towards him, but, of course, we fail sometimes in different Lenten practices that we've decided to um, undertake during the season. I think it's remembering that Jesus will prevail, the light will prevail over the darkness, even though it's often easier to just say, "Mm, nope, I'm just going to stay right where I am. That's much easier that way. Um, but the light will prevail over the darkness. Yeah,
2: it kind of reminds me of, I don't know where I heard originally, and I'm sure it's kind of a common thing, but um, someone talking about how light is not the absence of darkness, but darkness is the absence of light. And so just kind of seeing that as like, we might be comfortable in the darkness, but it's also because we're not seeing that as a lacking of something. the absence of something um, and we don't know like the fullness that can come in the light and so just kind of having ourselves recognize that we're not fulfilling ourselves in darkness but we're completely lacking of something and of course that's hard to recognize unless you're willing to actually let that little light in and see how much that can kind of overrule any darkness you have.
1: I love looking at the um, the first reading, actually, in light of, light, of what I said about the gospel, um, because it's one of those points in the Bible where things have just gone so wrong for so long that God just totally lets the people uh, fall into the, you know, the the pit they've been running towards. That He lets the darkness kind of, He lets them sit in that darkness that they've, um, you know, that they've kind of built up for themselves, and He. And so that they can realize just how much they need the light. Um, and so they have this exile uh, in Babylon and it's just a miserable time. That's, the psalm is uh, you know, like this lament of somebody who's in Babylon as a um, Israelite during that time. And just the realization that sometimes the, those miserable things that happen, sometimes they are more for us to be able to um, realize how much we need God and how much we need the light Rather than just suffering for its own sake, it's, it's often, whether or not that's, I can't say what God is planning to do with the things that we encounter, but I know that suffering we do encounter is always, it's always possible to use that as a reminder to um, be closer to God, to, um, to look for the light. And uh, when, we're, when we're in the darkness, we'll, you know, to remember that we do need the light and that we do want the light and that Christ is that light. Um, so I think that's, that's something important to keep in mind, especially during Lent. Um, so we're talking about returning to the Lord our God, um, just remembering how much we really do need him. So thanks so much for joining us today for Sunday Scripture. Be sure to join us again next week uh, for the fifth Sunday of Lent. God bless, and we'll see you then.